welcome to the Recover You podcast with Kyleen and Patrick Terhune. It's here that we talk about sex addiction, betrayal trauma, mental, emotional, and physical health, faith, and anything and everything needed to recover you to your most authentic self that God created you to be. Patrick? Yes. Afogado tell you something. Okay. You're the greatest. You know what avocado is? No. Avocado is like I think it's the the coffee with the ice cream in it. That's avocado. What? Avocado tell you something. You're the great. Hello. Makes no sense. <laughs> I'm sure it makes sense to a lot of people. I like avocado. Avocado. I have I have one. Okay. Optimism. Optimism. Uh huh. An inclination or feeling that everything will be all right with a good beer. I feel like I feel like that. Punchline should have been something about hopping to it. Optimism, where you hop to. What? <laughs> I like it. I, no, that's not what I read. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> See, my my ice cream coffee resonates with you and your beer resonates with you. That's right. That's right. All right. <laughs> that's good stuff. Okay. That's perfect intro because I hope you have a lot of optimism for today's podcast mm-hmm. because uh, we are talking about conflict resolution in our communication during recovery part two episode. Mm-hmm. So last week we talked about... Um, like the different acronyms, like FANOS and the sobriety check-ins and the nightly check-ins and what was yours? AV? AVR. AVR. And how to communicate through recovery. And those were more connection building. And I kind of realized as we were talking that all of those were more focused on that. And what was coming next was more about conflict resolution. Like when difficult things are coming up, how do we, how do we do that? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be good to, to separate them because they are kind of two different topics, but they're both around communication. So let's uh, hop right into it. Let's optimism right into it. Optimism. I have so much optimism for this episode. Okay, I'm done. I'm getting thirsty. (laughs) Okay, so when I I actually use this a lot, and probably all of you have heard this in some way, shape, or form in in the past, and I use this format. For so many different things, but when it comes to talking about a difficult topic or bringing something that's uncomfortable up to another human being, this format is so good, <laughs> and it's what I call the the positive um, the positive sandwich. The positive I I think PNP. I always think I think cookie is the positive cookie sandwich. I don't know why. Like, I know it's weird. Positive cookie Oreo cookie. ice cream sandwich. It's cookie sandwich. PNP sandwich. PNP Oreo cookie sandwich. Because cookies make it more positive experience. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's the, it's a sandwich of positivity is what it is. Yes. That's a much clearer, more direct way of saying this. Mm-hmm. So you start with something that's positive. You, in the middle, you ask for what you need or you share the, the problem. Mm-hmm. And then you wrap up with the positive again. And um, well, I, I don't think Keegan listens to our podcast. So I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, I hope this is okay. Uh, he, our son, had the um, really difficult task recently of ending his high school relationship. And well, he's in college now, but 
had started in high school. It was, it was very sad. It was very difficult for him. He wanted to make sure that he didn't hurt her feelings. Right. And so we were talking through, how do you do that? Cause he's just in a different place. It's a long distance relationship and they, you know, he's in the military. And so his mindset is just not really focused on a serious relationship right now. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody else or anything like that. Right? right. And so when we were talking about it, this is essentially what I suggested was you start with the positivity, right? I really like you. You're a wonderful person. This is not about you. It's not, not there's nothing you did to make this happen. Right. Um, there's nothing I don't like about you. There's no, nobody else, right? Like you're, you're focusing on, she's a wonderful person. Um, there was no, you know, quote unquote relationship issues or anything like that. Then you kind of fill in the the problem and you say, you know, unfortunately my mindset where I'm at right now, I'm not, in a place where I can focus on a, a relationship. And so I think we need to break up and you can always kind of bring that background to reiterate, Hey, you know, this is not because of anything you did, right? Like this is a hundred percent because of where I am in my life and, you know, my mindset and stuff like that. And so that's just an example, but it really can be utilized in so many ways. And I, I really do think when it comes to, the psychological aspect, there's a couple things going on here. Mm-hmm. One is that the person that is communicating is taking responsibility because it's about their interpretation and their needs. They're not putting it on the other person. Right. So one, that helps. The other is for the person receiving psychologically, you are hearing a lot of positive affirmation about you or um it's, it's diffusing, right? So if, if someone's coming to me with a problem or something that they want me to work on or change, right. but they start it with how I'm doing a good job, right? Like if this was a business situation, for example, Kylene, your productivity is really high. You do really well in this area. You connect right. with customers really well. And we have this little issue here that I'd like you to work on, but you know, blah, 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 blah. That is a very different scenario than, hey, your numbers aren't where they need, fix it. Right. Yeah, and, and and we do that, you know, and you brought up the work thing. We do, you know, the PMP sandwich when we're giving people tough feedback. Mm-hmm. And actually just feedback in general, you know. So we, you know, it's mm-hmm. there's always something to work on. Yeah. But there's always a lot of really good things going on too, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. yeah. So let's just bring this into the betrayal space. Like this could be about like we in the last episode we talked about boundaries around communication. This could be a really great way to set a boundary around communication. You could mm-hmm. say, hey. I noticed that you are going to therapy, you're going to group, um, you're doing all these really good things. I'm really proud of how far you've come. And our communication could really use some work. You know, one of the things I that that makes me feel um insecure or uh you know sad or you know, whatever word you want to use based on the situation is you know, when you get really defensive in right. our conversations. And when I bring something to you and you, you know shift it a little bit and make it more about you when I'm trying to share my feelings. Right. And I, that really hurts my feelings and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you ask, you put the ask in there. I'd really appreciate it if we can implement this. Maybe it's one of the acronyms from the last episode. And and you say, I really like to improve our communication. Here's my suggestion for that. Or here's my boundary around that. Maybe you're talking about, you know, someone yelling and you're having to set a boundary around that. And you say, so because of that, I just need you to know that when this happens the next time I'm leaving the room, right. Mm -hmm. Or something like that. And then, you know, if you want to wrap it up with another positive, but you know, again, I know your intention is this and you're doing this and all this kind of stuff. And I can see all these positive things. That's very different than you're yelling at me. I'm leaving, right? Like, and listen, in the moment, do what you need to do. But 
But just in terms of if you're bringing something up when it's not in the middle of a fight, right? This is a nice way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I would agree. You know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the yelling thing is, is interesting. I would say, um, if it's discovery day and you've just been found out and there's yelling, don't say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to put a, a boundary out there. <laughs> you, you, you've got to allow you, it's you, deeper you, in the recovery. Process. Yeah. You have yeah. to really understand where, where this is going. Um, but I, you know, two years on, if the betrayed spouse is yelling at you at night, it might be time to say, Hey, I, I don't really appreciate that. You know, yeah. let's, let's talk about it. So, um, Yeah. So I think that one can be really helpful in just a lot of situations. Just thinking if I have to communicate something that's difficult to someone, let me do this kind of sandwich approach. And in the middle is the problem and the request. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a good way to do it. Uh, OMG is another acronym. This is a really cool. Yeah. It's a really cool um, I really like this. I learned it from my mentors, Megan and Alex at Sussy Ginger. Megan was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And they they taught this at um, the retreat I went to a couple weeks ago. And I really, really liked it. And uh, I've already shared it like with one of my clients and she utilized it in a really tough situation. So I think it's really awesome. So similar, a lot of these are similar or they overlap in different ways. So again, we, we kind of want you to learn these and then take them and utilize them in whatever way works for you. So this one is OMG, which is super easy to remember. O stands for observed. M is made it mean. And G is generous assumption. So kind of what we were just talking about, but this is very, um, it's a little bit different. So the O is observed. You start with the facts of what have happened. So again, if you're coming up on a really difficult conversation, sometimes you want to take the emotions out of it, right? So a lot of times when we are talking to family or friends or our spouse, we really have that emotional connection so deeply associated that it comes out in all of our words. And sometimes we utilize that to push certain buttons or to manipulate certain emotions to get them to feel sorry for us so that we can get what we want, right? And so this process is very much like, listen, like some of our, we're we're not really getting where we want to go. And I really need to just be clear about what this is, okay? Mm -hmm. And so So O is for observe. You're literally just stating the facts of what happened. Do not add how it's making you feel. It's just this happened. And this is... Don't mind read. Yeah, don't mind read. why you did this or whatever. You're not putting any of this on them. It's just this is is what's happening right now, right? And so Mm -hmm. to continue with the the same example, maybe it's... Recently, there has been a lot of yelling in our communication, right? Let's just use that as an example. M has made it mean. So this is literally where, again, in that psychological way of communicating, you're taking responsibility to an extent because what you're doing is you're just sharing your interpretation of it. You're not saying that this is their intention. Mm -hmm. You're saying, this is my interpretation of what is happening right now. So the facts of what happened are that we're yelling a lot. <laughs> My interpretation of that is that you really don't care about what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. right? And that you you don't want to listen to me at all, right? Then G is for generous assumption. So you're turning it right back around and saying, I'm sure that's not what you mean, or I'm sure what you mean, or I'm sure your intention is, 
or would you be okay with, or would you consider, right? So you're generously assuming that they're willing to work with you, that they weren't actually trying to ignore you or hurt your feelings or whatever it is. And you're kind of throwing in there in, in certain situations, the request, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a little more direct, um, but it's also still getting, it's getting straight to the point while also not throwing a lot of blame, Right. right? Because, because the reality is like, we as the betrayed partner, we don't want to be gaslit and blamed and all this kind of stuff because it's wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Period. But we can't also use those same ta- tactics against ourselves. Now, in some situations, it may be true, right? It is your fault. <laughs> it is your fault that I feel this way, right? But e- even if that's true, even if that is like legitimately, literally the situation, people don't typically respond well to being communicated that way, mm-hmm. right? Anytime we're, we are being super direct and and saying things in an attacking way, that doesn't generally elicit a gentle response from people, right? And so if we're trying to actually move forward and improve the communication, you're not wanting to throw um, balls with spikes all over them at your partner. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, that's... that. <laughs> I, I, as you're telling that story, I'm thinking about like the polygraph. You know, if you go into a polygraph, you know, it can have a, a very scary notion to it and you can use it to punish. If you're using the polygraph to punish, that's a bad idea. If you're using the polygraph to establish safety and trust, start to build the, the, the sense of trust moving forward, you know, then that's that's the best way to use a polygraph. So same thing with with these techniques. If you're mm-hmm. thinking about what do you what's your end state objective to get divorced? If your end state objective is to get divorced, well then whatever. Do you do you. You know what I mean? And then it's like, you know, in life, what do you prefer? Do you prefer explosions? and triggers and just right. really painful conversations where everybody knows your weakness and you're poking each other's buttons mm-hmm. or I mean, even if you're getting divorced would you rather manage the situation in a right. way that feels a little more yeah. stable right like yeah. well I think, if there's kids involved you're gonna yeah. have to communicate and all those things yeah, yeah yeah um so the idea it yeah regardless of where you are it's this isn't always about um it's not, let me say it this way. It's not about using these techniques is not about stroking your partner's ego. That's not what I mean by this. Right. We're trying to avoid a blow up, right? There may be situations where you have a partner that is a narcissist or somebody that is super gaslighty or blamey or um, just you, you bring up the smallest thing and they explode, right? I'm not saying use these techniques to avoid horrible behavior from your partner. Right. What I am saying is use these techniques if you are two people trying to move forward and communicate better and um, you know work on listening to each other and maybe trying, maybe it is a good relationship and you're moving in the right direction, but it's hard because you're, you're having more conflict and you have these really tough emotions. Use these techniques mm-hmm. because if you're trying to move through them, then this is how you do it. But if you're really just angry and um, don't want to move through them, then this isn't really going yeah. to, or you have a partner that's not working with you. That's what I'm trying to say. Like if there's one of you, all of, all of what we're saying takes two people. Mm-hmm with the same goal. And that's what we talked about at the beginning of the last episode was, you know, we want you to use these if you're moving towards the same direction and you're not going to do it perfectly every time, but if you're moving generally in the same direction and you're aligned in purpose in your relationship, these are the techniques you can use. Mm -hmm. But if you, if, if there's only one of you that is making this effort, then that's, that's not really what we're saying. Yeah. Because if you're, if you have somebody that's just going to explode and be abusive and all this kind of stuff, that's a different scenario. That's not what we're talking about. Right. 
So OMG observed the facts of what happened, made it mean I interpreted this. This is how it's making me feel. This is about my interpretation. Generous assumption. I'm sure that's not how you mean to make me feel. That's not your intention. Can we that 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 work on this this way? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty cool. I love that one. Are you looking for a support group for betrayal recovery? Many women who reach out to me are seeking a place where they can feel seen and heard while connecting with other women going through similar experiences. I am so excited to tell you that I am working on creating a support group to provide a safe community, as well as all the tools and resources you need to spur your own growth moving forward. I have noticed that Facebook is a little clunky. It doesn't make connecting with others in the group easy and often, even if it's a private group, it feels a little too public. While there are support groups that exist, some of them are only peer-to-peer with no group education or support moving everyone forward in their healing. This can lead to groups where everyone is more stuck in a victim mentality instead of a growth mentality. There may be other groups that are just course-led, allowing you to go through an online course, but leaving you without a community when you're done. So what I've been hearing from all of you is that you are looking for both the growth and the community aspect in a private and safe community that is easy to use and fits within your budget. So what if we could create something brand new, something that isn't on Facebook, but it is private and uses its own app? Something that is community focused, allowing you to connect both in a large group and personalized small groups of five to six women that you can develop deep relationships with. What if it offered live classes that you could either join in to engage with in question and answer, or you could just stick in the app and stream it live privately? What if it offered all the communities and lives in one place? So you weren't finding yourself jumping back and forth between Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Zoom, or you know all of the different apps. It could offer different levels of support and access based on your needs and budgets. And in addition to group and small group communities, it could also include practitioner guidance, classes, and tasks for integrating and moving your healing forward. If all of this was offered for $25 a month, would you be interested? If so, please take just a few moments to provide some feedback at the link in the show notes. I am really excited about creating this new community and would love to hear your thoughts. All right, so the other script that I wanted to share was sort of the boundary script. And because again, this is kind of conflict or in the realm of, hey, this is a really difficult conversation. I get questions all the time about how in the world do I communicate boundaries? This is one of the top struggles for women going through recovery is actually communicating, first of all, creating them and understanding, you know, how they fit in their life and what they want, but then also communicating them to their spouse and not feeling like, weird about it and, right and, and you know if you're if you're not a betrayed don't tune out on this because boundaries are really important with family members and friends mm-hmm. and and so these are really important techniques that that you know sometimes you know sometimes we have toxic parents or a a parent who's in in your business and and that sort of thing that you know so like the tiktok i showed you last night of the yeah. it was a joke about a mother-in-law wanting to be in the delivery room and not being invited but basically just gonna show up and do it house. yeah i don't understand that yeah 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 that would be someone that you set a boundary with so i'm going to give you two different versions of the exact same thing. So again, just like different ways of wording things, figure out how it works for you and um, utilize it. But again, boundaries. So these are all different ways of reframing something 
rewording something and reframing them in your mind so that they work better on a psychological level so that we can then not feel attacked and we can communicate in a positive way. That's kind of the goal with all of this, right? So a lot of times, one of the struggles that people have with boundaries a lot is that, well, I don't want it to feel punitive or like a consequence or like um, whatever. It's like about them, I don't want it to feel like I'm parenting them, right? Those are some of the most common things that I hear about struggling with boundaries is like, well, how do I tell my husband? Like, this is the way it's going to be, right? They feel really uncomfortable with that. So one of the more effective is kind of like the OMG. You're making it about your interpretation, your needs, what you need in your life. Boundaries are all about like, you think about a fence. A fence is a boundary around your space, your safe place, your house, Mm -hmm. right? That's what a boundary is around your heart, right? So it's, it's really creating a space of like, I need safety. I need to feel secure. I need to feel, um, stable in my life right now. And these are the things that I need in order to do that. And you can, you can hop on or you can hop off, but if you don't participate in this process, then there are natural consequences to, to people going their separate ways on something. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's not me punishing you. That is just how life works. Right. So I'm going to give you two different ways of saying the same thing. So a boundary script, number one is because of blank, I feel blank. Therefore, I am asking blank. Okay. Very easy. Very similar to OMG. Because of this, I feel this way. And so I'm going to ask for this instead. Mm -hmm. Very, very simple. Um, We could fill in the blanks and say because of um, your addiction, I feel incredibly insecure and you know, my self-image has gone down the tube, whatever. So therefore I am asking that you uh, put a block on all of your apps, right? All of your devices, right? Just very, very simple. And and again, that may feel like, oh, I'm asking him to do something about his addiction and his behavior. Well, you are, but it's because it psychologically is protecting your brain Mm -hmm. to know that at least on that device, He's not stepping out of the marriage and your agreements to each other, right? Now he has the option to say, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And then you also have the option to say, okay, well, if you don't do that, then I am not feeling safe. We're not going to be sleeping together. Maybe we don't live in the same house, maybe whatever that response is, but that's a natural consequence, right? If your spouse kind of throws it back in your face and says, I'm not willing to make you feel safe, then you have every right to say, okay, then my response is this. Right. So, so that's one script number one for boundaries. Script number two, very similar, but you know, again, different wording and reframing can be really helpful. When you blank, I feel blank. I need blank. If you can't do this, I will blank. Mm -hmm. So here's an example. When you take your phone to bed, I feel unsafe and fear you will act out again. I need to see you act in ways that protect us. If you keep taking your phone to bed with you, I will ask you to sleep in another room or ask you to put your phone elsewhere. If you aren't willing to do this, I will no longer sleep with you or no longer keep this a secret from our friends or consider what I need to do to protect myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is us. That particular script is from Betrayal and Beyond, which is a recovery workbook. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's kind of a common, common way of approaching it. Because again, this type of communication or this type of script is all of these conversations are putting it back on you. This is how I'm interpreting it. This is what I need. 
you have the opportunity to join me and to help me feel safe and to say, yes, I'm in this relationship with you or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything out of that? No, no, I don't think so. And, and well, actually, actually, I guess, yes. Um, <laughs> the, the, the sense there would be is once again, you can carry these over, you know, into, you know, people who are maybe butting into your life or, you know, you have a, you have the neighbor, the nosy neighbor that comes over all the time while you're outside, you know, you could, you could practice something like this on, on that person when I mean, you just want to sit out and back by yourself. Right. So you can, you know, you, you, there's a lot that, that, that is relevant with this mm-hmm. just in your own relationships you know, through like, it's oh, yeah. very, very relevant to betrayal. Of course, these are but, like yeah. really great communications right. tools to learn just yep. in life. I mean, just think about like in parenting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Setting boundaries oh, yeah. With your kids, mm-hmm. teaching them how to communicate with empathy, right. teaching them to use boundaries, That's teaching right. them to use, you know, we just speaking of TikTok, we just watched another video. It was the sweetest thing. There's a, there's a like boundaries, uh, song. I, I think that they're teaching their kids now. And I don't know if this is, you know, that whole generation has this song or if it's just a couple of parents that have made this up. I don't know, but it's really sweet. And there was a video of a mom holding her daughter and playing with her and tickling her and stuff and, and everything. And then all of a sudden her daughter was fine with it. And then all of a sudden her daughter said, nope, no, thank you. Please stop. Because her mom had taught her how to do that. She started singing the boundary song and her mom goes, oh, okay, you don't like it anymore. She's like, no. She's like, okay, well, thank you for using your voice. Mm-hmm. And then the daughter goes, my voice is important. And she's like, yes, it is. I yeah. think those videos are so cool. I love that. Yeah. When you see these little little children singing songs about saying no and using their voice and all of this. You know, obviously, we, yeah. we teach you how to do it in an appropriate way. Right. Right. Um, but I like I just think that's so cool because... I've briefly mentioned this in other episodes, giving kids the the actual words to use mm-hmm. so that adults can interpret it and so that they know how to communicate to adults is so valuable because I just didn't have those words, right? Like yeah. I didn't have that structure. You, I just, you know, we didn't have that. And so I think this stuff is cool. So yeah, boundaries, you know, they work for everything. Yeah. Okay. So the last tool that we have is actually a tool that we learned from our therapist when we went for our one and only couple session. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, the only reason we didn't do more is because we communicate really well. We didn't really have a lot of actual conflicts throughout this process. Um, But we, and, and we talked about this too, we always recommend individual healing, right? You work on your stuff. I work on my stuff. And then couples therapy is typically not appropriate unless communication is really poor and conflict is really high. And then that's where couples counseling can typically come in because they're really good at helping you uh, listen to the other person and Mm -hmm. and giving you these structures. So we're going to actually give you the questions that our therapist uh, taught us that day. And I thought Mm -hmm. this was a really cool, this was a really cool process because the idea is if you have a, uh, what is called perpetual conflict question. So if you have a disagreement that is coming up very frequently, get your notepad out because this is how you guys can talk about this. And again, two people agreeing that you want to improve something. This is, this is a conversation that has to be agreed to ahead of time. (laughs) A hundred percent. This process isn't going to work if you're not both on the same page. So the idea here is for these nine questions, you don't you that you do ask them to one person at a time. So I would ask you all nine questions and you would not reply. Um, 
or sorry, I would not respond while you're talking. So while the person is answering the question, the other person does not say anything at all. You're just listening. That's it. And then you switch and do the exact same thing. So that rule for these questions is really important. Mm -hmm. So you're not going back and forth on these. You're actually letting them complete the nine questions and then go. Okay. So question number one. Do you have any core beliefs about your position on this issue? Question number two, is there a story behind this for you or does this relate to your background or childhood history in some way? You know, is there some reason that you think about things this way? Is there a family dynamic that contributes to this perception, this belief, um, this being so important to you, right? Number three, tell me why it's important for us to figure this out. Number four, what feelings do you have when this issue comes up? And feel free to use the feelings wheel if you need to do that. Number five, what would your ideal dream be here? Like, what's the ideal outcome? Number six, is there a deeper purpose or goal in this for you? Number seven, what do you wish for? Number eight, what do you need? And number nine, is there a disaster scenario if you and I don't figure this out? Hmm. Yeah, so basically... This is where you are constantly in conflict about a specific issue. Mm -hmm. You have two different perspectives on it. And then you go through these questions so that you can better understand where the other person is coming from and why they believe what they believe so firmly. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes just going through the process of hearing their why or them hearing your why might bring you to more of a compromise. Um, or might bring you some understanding as to, oh, okay, like I never thought about it from that perspective. Because a lot of times when you have a disagreement that's really strong, you're just yelling back and forth your perspective. Right. You're not actually getting to, well, why do you feel that way? Yeah. yeah. Why is this so important to you that this has come up 20 times? Mm-hmm. Right. You're just like, okay, well, I'm going to dig into my side of it. Mm-hmm. And then after you've both had the opportunity to answer all of those questions um, without commenting, then you can follow up with each other about the next two. So you can discuss after that if you want to, but then you can, you can follow up with these two questions. What are we taking away from this conversation and what can we do differently after having this conversation? So there's a little bit of resolution there and okay, we obviously don't want to continue the same pattern. Right. How do we begin to change this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think I thought those questions were really good. We didn't have in general, a lot of things that we, chronically disagreed on so it was i thought it was a really interesting thing i do remember what we we were sitting there thinking like okay what can we use to practice this in this session with her what can we use and the only thing and we did disagree with about this a lot was um computer time or technology time with keegan growing up Mm -hmm. but it was almost a non-issue by the time we got into her office yeah yeah because he was he was older at that point yeah yeah because he was older and almost out of the house and all this kind of stuff but I feel like those questions would have been perfect because we had that argument over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And we <clears throat> always kind of fell into the same patterns of responding. And then, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we, yeah. Uh, so that would have been perfect. I think for us. So if any of you have specific topics that you are disagreeing on a regular basis or that constantly come up and on repeat, those questions would be great. So yeah. go back, rewind, yeah. write those down. Right. Right. Utilize those. So yeah, that that is um, some of 
some of the stuff we have to talk in terms of yeah, conflict resolution and bringing up hard things to other people. We talked about setting boundaries. We talked about the um, positive <laughs> cookie sandwich. <laughs> yeah, cookie. Positive, negative, positive. Positive. Mm-hmm. I don't even yeah, say yeah. Empty sandwich. Yeah, empty yeah. sandwich. Um, it's like an ice cream sandwich. Maybe that's what I'm thinking when I when I the cookie so, comes up. I don't right know now. what's happening. Anyway, so we hope that those have been helpful. I know that a lot of the check-ins and the uh, communication and things are are helpful thoughts for us. And there's so much that I learned in the past two years that I really, really wish I learned like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so any of this that we can kind of pass on to you, I hope that's helpful. I hope that you're able to implement it and utilize it and have... um, more effective conversations yeah. that drive your relationship forward. And, and, and I know I, I've said this, you know, a little bit like a broken record over these two episodes, but like, don't, you know, the, is it for the, for the, for the spousal relationship? Is it recovering from betrayal? Absolutely. But don't be afraid to use these things with your kids and mm-hmm. your parents and, and also uh, be patient with this. You know, they actually say it takes people 12 times to actually hear something finally. So like if you're doing the nine questions and your spouse interrupts, you know, understand it might be maddening, but it's like, you know, it's sometimes people need to hear things 12 times. And sometimes people need to do things a lot over and over and over again to get to get good at it. You know, so. I think, you know, your relation relational patterns. So if like you brought up the interrupting, if that's going to be hard, have a, something that's going to make you laugh like a little keyword that's very mm-hmm. silly that yeah. you can rem- gently remind the other partner, right? right? So that that too doesn't then turn into a conflict. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, this stuff is hard. I mean, it's not, it's not easy. I mean, it, you know, communication and relational, I mean, there's been volumes, libraries written on all of this stuff. And so it, it doesn't get fixed overnight and it doesn't improve overnight. You've got to really commit to it and recognize it. it. It could be a long, hard slog in a lot of ways, but it's worth it. The next time you have something hard to say, you just think, OMG. Mm-hmm. PMP or, or Oreo P-M-P. sandwich. P. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what we have for you today. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, it would mean so much if you leave a five-star review or post a screenshot and share on social media. We are on a mission to share the message of recovery and you can help get the word out. If you know a friend who could use this podcast, please share it.